Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. five days marooned in the relegation zone the addicts are finally back with a bang welcome back to Charlton Live So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live and finally we've got a show where we can look back at a game of football. My name is Louis Mendes, we'll be looking back at yesterday's 1-0 win up at Hull, a massive result that sees us climb back out of the relegation zone and uh, Jason Pierce's first goal of the season enough to gain us all three points on our, on our return uh, from the, uh, the coronavirus break. Uh, and pro- well, I'm assuming it's our first ever behind closed doors game but um, it was certainly a bizarre uh, a, a bizarre afternoon up at Hull, but I'm so glad that we uh, came back with all three points. Let's bring in uh, some of the chaps who are going to join me uh, on the phone to discuss yesterday's game. First of all, someone who was up there uh, with myself yesterday at the KCOM. It's uh, the grand old man of Charlton Live, Terry Smith. How are you doing, Terry? Oh, Louis, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Are you uh, recovered from your journey uh, journey back yesterday? How was your time? What time did you get back? To be fair, it was fairly easy. I was back by 10. It was uh, oh. back in time for last orders. It was all right. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, was, is there a pub open somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Smith pub, yeah. Yeah, well, it was great to see you again yesterday, Terry, in the flesh uh, for, the, for the first time in a long time. Uh, also joining us on the phone, uh, we've got a man who hosted a uh, a small viewing party in his garden. Is uh, Mr. Benji Cloak. How you doing, Ben? Yes, good. Thank yeah. you, Louis. You had a socially distanced uh, couple of people around to watch the game yesterday. How did that go? Yeah, it was it was good fun. It was. Tell me what you made of the goal, Benji. I missed the goal. I was in the <laughs> toilet. Yeah, so whenever we looked like we might have a chance, everyone kept telling me to go back to the toilet. So <laughs> there you go. A bit of lucky charm going into the next yeah. few games. Benji's lucky. Like Benji's, Benji's lucky penis. Right, and uh, finally, <laughs> uh, join us on the phone is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Happy as Larry, mate. Yeah, you got any luckier appendages? Um, not that I'm aware of. No, <laughs> no, maybe just Benji's lucky penis will do. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. Well, 
the show's already gone down a, a corridor I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, so, right on uh, this evening's uh, podcast, uh, we will, of course, look back then at that result against Hull City. Uh, we'll hear the Valley Pass highlights uh, in a few moments' time. We're also going to hear uh, our socially distanced post-match interview with Lee Boyer. Um, slightly strange circumstances. Basically, after the game finished, normally me and Terry would be walking down to the... Uh, uh, you know, to the pitch side to, to to go and speak to Bo, but obviously in the in the current circumstances, we had to do it differently. So we stayed in our seats, logged into Zoom conference that the club sent us the details for, and then Lee Boyer was sat in front of a laptop somewhere else in the stadium. But we got to speak to him, so uh, the sound quality from from our questions isn't perfect, but Lee sounds really good. So I'm looking forward to playing you guys that as well. We've got a few tweets and emails that have come in uh, over the course of the afternoon, which I'll uh, share on the show uh, as well. We were I was hoping that we'd be able to do this. Uh, this uh, this podcast live, but having promised out on Thursday, I then thought I'd best do my weekly check of the stream, and sure enough, it's finally gone down. I've been checking it the entire time we've been off, and it's been fine. Uh, then I checked it uh, on Thursday, it's gone down, and uh, it's quite hard to get in contact with a guy who looks after it for us because basically he does it for free. So um, I don't expect him to be at my beck and call at all times. So hopefully we'll be back to live shows at some point uh, if I can get a hold of him. But for now, we're, we're more than happy to keep doing these podcasts to look back at a fine uh, one nil win. So Terry, just before we hear uh, your highlights from Valley Pass, um, a bizarre day. But I mean, what, what, what did you make of it? Yeah, bizarre is about right. I mean, from from a minute one, really. Uh, Getting up there and, uh, and having to do the temperature test and uh, walking, you know, get, walking all sorts of places that you, you had to rather than going where normally where we drift in. It was, uh, yeah, it was strange from from the get go, really, and um, tough for me because the uh, they wouldn't let you in the lift, so I had to climb the whole uh, 170,000 <laughs> steps to get to the top. Uh, so I needed an iron lung when I got there. But apart from that, yeah, and, and no crowd. It, 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 yeah, surreal, I think. But. Um, once, uh, once the gate got going, you sort of a little bit forgot that there was no crowd, a little bit. I mean, it was still evident, but... Uh, and then the guys just put in a shift. Uh, I mean, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't... Uh, I don't think you could nail it as our best performance ever, but it was it was right for the time. I think that's mm. probably the best way I can sum it up. Yeah. We, needed to, uh, we needed to show some character. We needed to show that uh, we come back from this uh, from this extended break and, and uh, an unexpected break with with the right frame of mind, and I think we did. Yeah, I mean, Benji, I will, we'll, I'll come on to asking you what it was like to you know have to have to sit back and watch the game on a stream, which obviously we haven't had to do before. But I mean, j- just in terms of the, the performance and, and the result, um, what, what did you make of our afternoon's work? Oh, I thought it was a really well drilled, organised performance. You could tell a lot of preparation had gone in from it, from Boyer, because I think when the team sheet came out, we were all a bit confused as to who was playing where, as I don't think Oshelaja had ever played left-back before. We had Albie Morgan starting, and before, it didn't look like Boyer had rated him to put him in the side as much, so that was an odd choice, and we went two up front, so slightly optimistic, because, yeah, going two up front, we looked a bit attacking, but... Yeah, it was a very organised performance from well-drilled. I know it sounds silly, but going into the last 10 minutes, obviously the nerves kick in as usual, but just didn't think we'd concede. We we had that consistent performance throughout. I think the last, first five minutes, it took us a while to work into the game, but after that, we passed the ball around so well and just looked really organised. So, yeah, I can't, can't fault the lads there. It was a Again, just really well-drilled, organised performance and everyone to a man gave it their all. So that's that's what we asked for them, especially in a relegation battle game that that was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned, I mean, Austria Larger playing at left-back, uh, I got sent sort of like a tactics board at the, just, you know, when I was looking for team news. And and saw and saw that he'd be playing there along with Morgan on on, on the left side. I thought oh, that's, that's strange, but Boya uh, does uh, he does speak about that in his post match interview, and it is clearly a plan. And he he does like to see how the opposition do things and look to counter that. And Tom, and obviously you know coming out of this this lockdown situation into our first game, we never really knew what to expect. Um, you know how how fresh the team would be, whether they'd be a bit a little bit off it because they hadn't played for so long. Um, and, and then to go into a game of the magnitude that we did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that it's clear that we seem to have returned from this enforced break in, in, in a lot better shape than Hull City has. Yeah, I think Benji put it well when he said organised. I think they were organised, they were disciplined. Um, and you're right, you know, I've seen enough of the football since its return that you 
all teams have started quite sluggish and just trying to pick up the pace. And again, as Benji says, for that first five minutes, I thought we did weather a little bit of a storm. And that's not a surprise, you know, with the likes of Malik Wilkes in their side getting forward and taking on our, our defenders. But when we sort of rode that out and settled into our rhythm, as both the other guys have said, it, it wasn't our best performance in the world, but it was a disciplined performance. It was organised. And it was the performance we needed at that side because once we got ahead, I, I completely agree with Benji. I never, never really felt like we were going to concede. I had the usual nerves that you do as a fan, but you look back at the game now, and we were so solid around that that defensive area, so solid, and and we looked dangerous on the break. And I think it was a yet another clinical performance where we didn't create a huge amount, but we took our chance and. And sat in, and, and for a team that hasn't played for a hundred days, as you say, there have been plenty of examples of teams that have put in very shoddy performances over their first games, and and I didn't think that that was a shoddy performance. It looked organised, they looked fit, they looked hard working, and they looked like they're all in it together, and and that's going to be really key over the remaining eight games. Excellent stuff. So let's have a listen then to the highlights of the victory over on Valley Pasture. Commentators were, of course, Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Have a corner in the opening minute of the game. Swung in. It's a little flick on the nest. Post and it goes across the six-yard box. Fortunately for Charlton, nobody in an orange shirt can get it. He looks for the ball. Alvin Morgan. He has got a decent pass now, Alvin Morgan. Can he use it? He looks down the left-hand side, looking That's for the run of Oshelaja, and he gets there too into the penalty area. Will he take a shot off? No, tries to find Hemed. Takes the shot, Hemed blocked away in Charlton's first effort in anger. And a good move. Here, corner on the far side, Cullen. This one's in the air. It's a little flip gone by Hemed. Tip back across. And yes, yes, come on. Well buried the goal. Charlton have the lead. 17 and a half minutes. This time it was a pinpoint corner. It was flicked on by Hemed. Pierce was on hand to bundle it home. Yeah, Pierce is going to claim that. Great header from Hemed at the near post, though. Got ahead of his man. A lovely backward header. I think goalkeeper might have got something on it. And then Pierce was on hand just to bundle it home. And Charlton have a crucial goal after 18 minutes. Morgan taking on his man. Cuts inside. Little touch inside to Cullen. Cullen's got Bondoy. Bond on one side. Hemed on the other. Finds Hemed. Hemed. Big switch across to McGeady on the opposite side. Corner of the penalty area. McGeady brings it down. Lovely back heel in the washer larger. Into the penalty area. Drilled across. Oh, how did that not go in? Two players, I think it's Hemed and Bond, launching themselves at the cross ball from Oshelaja and both missed it. Oh, great football game from Charlton. I just don't know how that's not gone into. I really don't. And as far as Devise, forward towards Wilkes, it just falls over the What's ball. That? Referee allows play to continue and there's a little nutmeg by Kane to Wilkes. Wilkes ball in the penalty. Oh, Lockie has missed it. Comes to the left. There's Perrin. This comes to Pennington and backwards with a shot from Batty, which is tipped over by Phillips. I was trying to see if it was that far post. It was, was Pennington, Pennington yeah. who couldn't get his feet in the right angles. Matthews with the throw down the line, and there is the half-time whistle here at the KCON Stadium, where Charlton go into the break with a one-goal lead. Backwards on the halfway line is Pierce, who can bring the ball forward for Charlton. Pierce diagonal ball looking towards Hemed. It's a decent-looking ball headed up in the air by Devise. Hemed controls, looking for options. Oh, it's a good ball inside to Morgan with a shot and oh, couldn't bring it down over the bar. As you say, the first touch wasn't quite right from yeah. Morgan. It just looped the ball up in the air and it was a half volley. It was harmlessly over, but good play again from Shalada with the throw for Charlton. Throw short to Doughty. Doughty looking for a cross. It's a good ball in. Bomb with the header oh, and he didn't really attack it. Oh. I don't think he expected Davies well, to miss I, it. I think oh, you're right as well. It's, what a great cross that is from Alfie Doherty. Did well to get come short for the ball, make space, great cross, and picked out Macaulay Bond, who will be wondering why he at least didn't get uh, uh, George Long working in that game. Hemed needs support. Charlton, no one's really coming short. He passes to McGeady. Now Cullen out to the left to Oshelaja. Inside to Doughty. Gets it back to Oshelaja. Oshelaja inside the pounce area. Oshelaja ball across and oh. it's cleared away. Just needed to find a Charlton player and couldn't. And hold Brennan away with Honeyman. Can't get it. Devise does. Headed up to Wilkes. Wilkes heads it straight back to McCauley Bond. Ball down the line. That's looking for Anike. Got, got into the corner. Anike takes his man on into the penalty area. He's in there. Can he across the line? Oh, flicked away. It's run to Cullen in the penalty area. Still takes a shot. Oh. Just over the bar. Well, maybe uh, a, lot, a lot wider than uh, than. It might have been. 
But it, great work from Chuxanike. Couldn't find Macaulay Bond in the box. And that's that final ball. It's happened a few times. Right to Chuxanike. It does. Goes, heads it past DeVries. Now uh, takes it down. It's got overlapped by McGeady. McGeady takes over. McGeady heading towards the right. Here's Pelia. Ball in the box. Just beyond Macaulay Bond. It's a bit early. And Doherty can't get there. And yeah, I think you're right. Just could have taken another two or three touches. Tee this up to send it long. Down the straight down the middle looking for McGuinness. Lockyer and Pierce jumps, neither get there, and it's uh, all the way through to Samuelson. Oh, and his yeah. shot goes straight to Dylan Phillips, either side of Dylan, and it probably was the equaliser. Yeah, they were caught off guard there, Charles. It's Dylan Phillips. Sends this long, and here Come on! a whistle. There we go. That was the highlights from yesterday's vital 1-0 win uh, up at Hull City. Jason Pierce uh, grabbing the goal from close range. Not Tom Lockyer, is, for some reason I seem to think it was. So I don't know. Terry, I don't know if you felt like you were sat quite far away from the pitch, because that's my current excuse as to how I got those two mixed up. And also my sunglasses were a bit steamed up, but I was convinced it was Tom Lockyer. But, I mean, Piercey, I mean, let, let, let's get straight into that goal, um, Tell. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the, the, the tweet I put out yesterday. And before, again, before the game, when we were sort of discussing team news, it still needed to be to confirmed that Jason Pierce had actually made it up because he didn't stay up there with everyone else because his his other half is uh, heavily pregnant. We knew, we knew um, uh, Jason and also George Lapsey were both uh, waiting for, for children to be born and, and Lapo's uh, daughter uh, came today. So congratulations to him. But um yeah, we we knew PSC's wife heavily pregnant, so he stayed at home uh, just in case. And then when it got, he got, he woke up and drove up north at seven a.m. Uh, so that's the commitment you're looking for from your skipper. Uh, and then he goes and sticks his face on someone's boot to make sure we get the winning goal as well. Absolutely full uh, full throttle there from Jason Pierce. That was awesome. I mean, to be fair, I mean, obviously we knew that uh, his, uh, his his wife was pregnant, but didn't realise quite how close things were. So. Uh, I only found out afterwards when we, when we spoke to him that uh, that he didn't travel up with the team and that he uh, he only went up there in the morning and I mean that's just uh, it's commitment to the cause, isn't it? it yeah, and, and what you'd expect from from a warrior like Jason Pierce and 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 I think uh, uh, on the goal itself the, the the previous two dead ball situations that uh, Josh Cole <laughs> had, had, had stuck in didn't fill us full of confidence when he uh, stepped up to take that corner, but he got it spot on. Yeah. And Tom Mohammed did, did his job by flicking it on. And if there's one person in the side, I mean, to be fair, they all put a shift in yesterday, no question. But if you want one person inside to actually put his face where he's likely to get a boot in, then it's Jason Pierce, isn't it? And you just, just that's the man you want on the end of that. And uh, and, and he was there and he buried it. And, and I think we were worth it as well. I mean, uh, the boys are right. We we, uh, we struggled, not struggled, we, we took a little while to get into it, that's for sure. Um, and that's not surprising. But once we did, and I, I don't think we were threatened really, not 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 to uh, to this extent where we we were fearing for our uh, our survival. Uh, and uh, and it was just fitting in the, in the day that and you know, considering he put that shift in, considering he uh, you know he, he said no, I'm I'm coming up to do do my bit. That he was the one that got on the end of the cross. Yeah, and I mean the set piece is. Uh... Uh, apparently being I mean I think it was Jason who said it himself apparently it, like, it, it does feel like there's especially in the German league there seems to be a lot of set piece goals uh, at, at the moment obviously teams have been working on uh, those over the over the course of the, the the lockdown Ben I mean yeah yeah, we took five or six minutes to get going but then then we did start forcing a few openings um, there was a couple of times when Aidan McGeady uh, was given the ball short from a free kick clearly a tactic although uh, didn't quite uh, pay off in, in those opening stages but it did feel like uh, ben, that we were sort of growing in the you know in the ascendancy uh, in the game by the time we took the lead. Yeah, well, especially when we took that, that that chance and we scored. I think it was literally what a couple minutes later. Great passing move, which um, I mean shows why Boya put Oshelaja in at left back because it was a great move and he came forward into left and put a great ball across the six yard box and. Oh, Bond was so close to putting it in, and I think Hemet was sliding in at the far post. You think, blimey, look at this. We took a few minutes to get going, but now we're passing it around so well, and it's like we're, we're controlling the game a bit now. But, yeah, I think I listened to the podcast Thursday, and, and you, Lewis, and Tom were saying, you know what, I think we're optimistic. We won't miss Taylor's goals. I'm sure Bond will step up. And I personally was listening to that thing, and, oh, I'm not sure, you know, because... Our last wins against Luton, against um, Nottingham Forest. Taylor's the one that scored those goals. I'm thinking, oh, do you know what? I think if we get a set piece, I think that could be where our goal could come from. Um, and it was quite frustrating to see the first 
few couple set pieces. We went short. I don't know. It must have been a training ground move where I'd give the ball to McGeady, him do a, a little cut back and try and cross it in like that. So it was nice to see. I don't know if that was a training ground move with Hemed going near post, doing a yeah. little Teddy Sharon and flick on. I mean, that was perfect because yeah. it fooled the defence, it fooled the keeper. And as Terry said, who else would you want coming in at the back post, shoving their head right there where it's needed, was Jason Pierce. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, perfect for us to do that. It was a little bit frustrating before that. But mm. yeah, I was worrying where the goals would come from. But look, if they're practising on set pieces and thinking, look, this is an area where we can really threaten them, it worked. And we, we took that to our full advantage. Yeah, Bayer always uh, talks about set-piece goals being sort of bonus goals, of course, ones that you don't have to create in open play. And ones, ones that I feel like we, we generally have done quite well with uh, this season. I'm sure I saw a stat shortly before lockdown that suggested we'd scored more from corners than any other team, which is uh, remarkable, really, considering the amount of corners that come to nothing. But um, uh, I, I do think we are quite good at, set, uh, at creating chances um, from set-pieces overall. Um Tom, that, that first half, I mean, we, we saw early on Hull, in, I think inside the first minute or so, Hull had a corner that was flicked on at the near post themselves and went across the face of goal. But other than that, you, ne- you never really felt like they were they were carving through us or anything like that. No, not at all. As I say, I think once we rode that initial storm, it, it was fine. And it's weird because obviously I've watched games on, on Valley Pass before, or, you know, not been at games before because I don't get to, to every away game and you don't really have the same sort of build-up that we had on Saturday um, because everyone was in it together and it had been so long coming. And the nerves, you could see it on, on social media, everyone was really nervous. So I imagine the players were too and it finally kicks off and then two or three minutes in or maybe I think that first attack or first cross was even in the first few seconds and you just I had that horrible, sick feeling of we might get battered here, particularly after we've obviously been through that hole before. But we rode that out, and as as the guys have said, we started to play our football. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to some of the individual performances a bit later on. But Albie Morgan, in particular, um, I think deserves credit. McGeady, and uh, another one, um, sort of creatively going forward, and, and Bon and Hemed up front, and we started to put some nice moves together and got that goal fairly early on. And, and as I said, I didn't feel after we'd scored that we were ever really under any real threat. Dills made a couple of good saves, but other than that, it was good, clever defending, you know, moving their attackers into positions they didn't want to be, forcing them to play balls backwards and sideways. And I felt we marshaled them really, really well. And it's one of those things that you know you're going to get from a Boya team. And again, we said it on on Thursday, he's going to get that team knowing exactly the way they need to play. And things like organisation uh, and discipline, you can teach that on the training ground week after week after week, which he's obviously been able to do over those last few weeks. What you can't do is put them in that match situation. And it was about how they handled that. But I thought they handled it brilliantly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we did have those those chances to extend the lead. I mean, Benji already mentioned that that stunning move uh, only three or four minutes after we opened the scoring that had that superb crossfield pass from uh, from Tom Ahmed. And I think it was McGeady who touched it on for Oshelaja with a nice black, uh, back heel. Uh, Oshelaja whipped it across the face of goal and, and Hemed and Bond were very close to touching it. Anyway, we saw a header from Bond that went just wide in, in the second half. Um, and a couple of darts into the area on the left-hand side from Anike and Oshilaja as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, it was one of those ones, Terry. I mean, Benji's talked about the, the the worry about the lack of goals, and we'll hear what you asked uh, Bo later on as as well in, in the interview, Tell. But um, if there is any any sort of downside from yesterday, it's the fact that maybe we didn't grab one more. I think I think McCauley as well will be thinking, uh, you know, he was extremely unlucky not to get a toe onto that one that came across the face of goal. The header he put wide, I think he probably expected the defender um, to, uh, to to get there before him in the start of the second half. But I guess, uh, considering the pressure that's going to be on him now, Macaulay Bond with uh, with Lyle Taylor out, I'm guessing he's going to, he's hoping he's going to get off the mark sooner rather than later in this uh, in this little nine-game sprint. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I said earlier on, I think they all put a shift in. I think if you're going to be critical at all, and, and I don't want to be, by the way, and it's, it's not meant in that way, but Macaulay probably was uh, was probably just a little bit off, off the pace, and that's understandable. You know, when you've had, especially for strikers, when when you've had that layoff, that sharpness um, uh, takes a little while to come. And we know he can do it. We've seen it, uh, we've seen it before. So I, I'm not worried particularly, and I think uh, two or three games in, by that time, he'd have found his feet and he'd got the sharpness back that you can only get when you actually play games. Not You can't replicate that in training. Um, so, yeah, with a, with a, you know, with all um, 
uh, you know, if we if, if we wanted the best, then you you know hit the ground running and everybody's sharp and, and you put away those chances. I think uh, Lee Bayer already said in the build up to this, you know, in the games that we have played behind closed doors, the Arsenal one and the Fulham one, we were creating chances, just not burying them. Um, and it was a similar story, to be fair. Mm. Uh, but as long as we're creating chances, and if if they, you know, if everybody can stay fit, then the likes of Macaulay Barn, the likes of Tom Hemed, who also put a great shift in yesterday, even Chuck Sonego when he came on looked, uh, you know, looked threatening. His first touch wasn't quite there, but then again, you, you've got to expect that a little bit. Um, if they can get that sharpness in two or three games and a few more, you know, hard training sessions, then uh, then it bodes well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, let's. let's uh have a look at some of those individual performances then Ben because um, I mean we've all sort of we've mentioned some of them already really but I mean let's, let's start off with, with, with Tom Ahmed then uh, a player who probably hasn't had uh, the best of times this season he's never really had a run of games hasn't been able to start too many um, I, I think his best performance before yesterday was probably away at Nottingham Forest but I, I'd say yesterday was probably up there with, with, with the best we've seen from him so far yeah you're right I think uh, Forest I was there that night and he had a good game I think his game models around <clears throat> holding it up laying it off to the other strikers becoming a bit of a nuisance to the defenders showing a bit of strength to them and I think he, re- he replicated that yesterday um, a few nice little flicks from him to show that do you know what I can play with my feet as well as as my head as, um, and he, he just made problems for him mm. and with Boya playing two up top just uh, offered us a bit more of an attacking threat and I know Bond played on the wing a little bit as well but yeah I couldn't ask any more of Tommy yesterday obviously a goal would have been nice um, but I think that one that chance he had more fell to Bond a little bit more but no good performance and look if if you're not going to score just give us 100% keep running Make a nuisance, put the defenders under pressure, and I think it's, that's exactly mm. what he did for me. Yeah, and another, another player who stood out for me yesterday, I know he certainly stood out for you, Tom. Judging by your remarks on Twitter, was uh, Albie Morgan. You know, he's 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 found his his chances sort of few and far between as the seasons progressed. I think you know Lee Bayer was quite scathing of him in in interviews uh, around uh, sort of like the turn of the year around then about how how he says he doesn't track back as much as he'd like, but. Um, he's full of praise from yesterday. He says Albie's come back looking a lot fitter, and I mean, you know, we, we know we know his game. We know he can pass the ball, and he was showing that off uh, quite a lot yesterday. Yeah, I think um, what I found frustrating is, and obviously I'm not the manager of Charlton, and my job doesn't ride on these decisions. But for me, the quality he's got going forward, and I know he, you know, people aren't going to know Albie Morgan outside of Charlton. But some of the passes he was playing yesterday and some of the passes he played at the back end of last season, that talent is, you just cannot teach that. And it just seems right at the very top of the game. And I completely get where Bowie is coming from. And again, I'm not a manager. I don't necessarily see that side of the game as much. But if Boya says he's not tracking back enough, and he pointed specific examples in an interview I remember one time to a specific couple of goals and if you do watch those it's very clear that he is not doing that side of the game and Boya wants him to do it and Boya is there to, to train young players and to teach them and to make them better so I fully get why he needed to do that having said all that I just think what he gives us going forward I almost want to and I think I've said it pre- in previous year, uh, seasons as well I almost want to just allow him to do that and build a side behind him that allows him to do it but Bowyer's not going to let him get away with that, and rightly so. And to be fair to, to Morgan yesterday, he did track back a couple of times as well, made a couple of great tackles. But I just thought, all-round game yesterday, he was man of the match for me by a long way. And I just think, I think why I was so worried about what Bowyer said at last season was I thought he was someone that might slip through the net. And, and it might be down to Morgan himself to sort his game out. But I thought if we let him go, there's a real player in there that somebody else is going to take a chance on. And I didn't want that to be the case. And he's got a real opportunity here, if he can keep playing like he did yesterday, to, to stake a claim, earn a new contract. And, and I really think if he does, we've got a, a dangerous player on our hands. Mm, yeah, a couple of others that stood out for me yesterday, Tell. I mean, we, we've already mentioned Chucks and EK. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did say about his first touch. Like, I mean, even even the probably the best run he had, he stumbled as he picked it up, but he, he got in towards the byline and unable to pick a cross out, similar with what we saw with Deji. Uh, but no, another one who stood out, who, who was definitely putting in a different performance than what we've seen before, uh, was, was Aidan McGeady. 
Um, that's the first time I've seen him look lively with the ball at his feet. I, I, I think it's fair to say his final ball was off every time. There's still clearly room, uh, room for improvement there, but he, he's certainly putting a, a much livelier performance uh, than, than I've got used to seeing from him so far. I'd agree with that. Uh, and, and to be fair, you can pick out a number of players, not just not just those that, uh, that as I said uh, earlier on, that you know they all sort of shifted. You can you, you can you can question a few of the uh, the first touches, the crosses weren't quite on point. You know the uh, the reading of the game wasn't quite sharp enough in certain areas, but there isn't one of them that didn't put a shift in. And uh, and, and Aidan McGeady was the same. I mean, he was backtracking on, on several occasions as well, uh, helping out the defence. And you can see that that touch was there. The, you know, the, the, you, you can see he's a talented player, and, and anybody who's, who's watched him in the past will know how good he has been. And if he can, um, he can get close to being as good as he was, then then we've we've got a player on our hands that, that could do something for us. Because we are missing that. If we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna be ultra critical of our squad, then you can say we are missing that sort of uh, player who can make something happen. You know that we've uh, that we've lost uh, with the likes of maybe Joe Rebo going and Conor Gallagher, obviously who we had earlier on in on loan, is another one. So you know we need the likes of uh, somebody potentially like Aidan McGinn who can open up defences if he's fit and he's on point. Then he's going to be some player. And, and I and I sort of agree with Tom. I think if if um, uh, if Albie had stayed on for the whole game, he'd be my man of the match without question because he was he was inspired yesterday. And when you know, I hope that somebody can get hold of Albie and say, look. Don't take it personally. Don't you know, if, if someone's going to have a go at you because you're not tracking back. If the manager, don't take it personally. Take it like that's how you've got to improve. Because if he adds that to his game, then he's going to be some player. He is really going to be some player. And funnily enough, we had a conversation over the phone and on the, and the cars on the way up in between us, and we're saying, you know, what could what could we do with a Conor Gallagher or somebody of that ilk? Uh, and we looked in the squad, we, you know, we questioned who could be in the squad that could do something like that. And Albie Morgan was the name to come up because uh, he's, we know he's got the ability. No question he's got the ability. Excellent stuff. Right, um, I mean, just before we, we go into hear from Lee Bayer then, uh, Ben, I mean, what was the atmosphere like at the at the house party uh, as we went into the closing stages? Because, you know, any time it's still 1-0, you're always fearful um, and I think the only time we really fell asleep in, in terms of defensively was, was about five minutes from then with that long ball over the top. Uh, both the centre-halves missed it, and I think it was Samuelson who had a shot that was parried away by Dylan Phillips in the end. I mean, did, was, was there nerves there? Did you feel like we, we were going to comfortably hold on? I think there's always nerves with us, and there's just always... This season's been, unfortunately, where we've been either drawing or winning going in. I mean... Hull at home was a perfect example of that, wasn't it? When, what was it, 96th minute they mm. equalised in? So, yeah, this season seems like a common denominator for that. But, look, I really was quite confident going in. And it, it seemed the way I think more people were going, where's my hot dog, where's my burger coming But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, again, what the lads have said, it was a real professional dig-in performance. And I thought Prattley sat well in front of the back four. Uh, my man of the match was Josh Cullen. I thought he was brilliant. And when you look at a game for me um, with performance in the course, as you said, first touches are going to be a bit off. We've watched Premier League games where the best Premier League players, their first touch hasn't been there. But if you're winning the 50-50s, that's what matters. And for me, when there was a corner coming in from Hull and it bounced clear, Josh Cullen was there so many times going, that's my ball, clear it, bang, we're away again. Darren Prattley was there doing exactly the same thing. And when Sam Field come on, I was, it was good to see him back again. We haven't seen him for a long, long time. And uh, he exactly the same, just copied that uh, spirit of what the team was doing. But yeah, I think everyone around here, we, we were all quite confident in the end. Uh, they didn't really test Dylan as much and uh, we were very resolute organised side excellent stuff right let's have a listen to Lee Bayer's post-match press conference the addicts boss uh, well he spoke to myself and Terry but like I said earlier it was over Zoom so uh, the sound quality for for our questions isn't the best but Bayer's coming through uh, loud and clear uh, don't forget after we hear from Bayer we're also going to read out some of your views 
uh, about the uh, the game yesterday. We'll have our own little discussion about what it's like uh, working and watching uh, in the new normal, as uh, as they've been calling it. Uh, and we'll try and discuss what the result has done uh, for uh, for our prospects of staying up uh, this season. But first things first, let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer had to say after yesterday's game. I asked him what he made of his side's uh, performance uh, in the vital victory up at Hull. Yeah, um, I think it was well-deserved. Um, I think from, from the first whistle... I think we was we was at it. Um, we looked sharp um, this week, building up to it. I said to the players, they've had a good week and, and they're ready to go, and, and they showed that. So um, to, to get the goal quite early on was was nice. Um, I think we settled down after that, and, and we got into some very good areas. I think um, I thought that on another day we could have maybe scored another two or three goals if, if the quality was a little bit better in the final third um, picking out the right pass but yeah overall clean sheet as well um, so yeah very very pleased and obviously having come back from such a long break but now to go into this this run of nine games in, in a really short time span it's important I guess to get that momentum to take you into the remaining games yeah the, the good thing is is that if you can get off to a winning start like now we're at the bottom three uh, and now it's in our hands you know and 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 I believe in the players and I've said that all the way along like um, once we get out then now, now it's down to us and now we've got a week to prepare for QPR it's going to be another tough game but I've just said to them look another game that that we can win if, if we do the right things uh, so yeah it's, it's a good start but that's it's not over yet, you know. We've got to keep fighting for every point and, and the player's done that today. I'm really proud of him. And I'm sure every manager's going to be asked exactly the same question this weekend, but how, how did you find it with the uh, the different circumstances? Of course, you know, Trump would normally be backed by a rowdy away end here, but there's, there's no fans. Yeah, I guess you have to change your, your routines a little bit as well. How did you find adapting to the, the new normal? Fine, like it, it, that's that's what you have to do is adapt. And um, we played a couple of games. Uh, obviously, one at our place and and one at Arsenal. Mm. So um, yeah, just to get them used to it, you know, it is strange and and this it's it's crazy because normally if you was to shout something on on my perspective, if I was to shout something mm. on, then no one really can hear apart from the person I'm trying to tell. But now, if I shout something on, the whole like the next bench to me here, what I'm trying to give as an instruction, you know, so that's something that we have to be careful of. But yeah, it is strange times, but the most important thing is that we're back playing and, and we've got off to a, to a winning start. Mm. And obviously with the, the running that you're going to have being so intense, I guess it's a chance for a lot of the, the players who haven't perhaps played as much as they'd want to through to injuries or other reasons to try and impress. So I thought, I mean, I thought the likes of Albie Morgan and, and, and Chucks when he came on today looked impressive. And it, it, it's almost like, Having two new signings coming back from a from a, you know such a long spell with, with with two bodies who are ready to add something extra to the squad like that. Yeah, and and it's give others an opportunity. I said like when doors closes for some people, then it opens up doors for others. Tamahemed, I think he, that's only his like second or first start for us. I thought he worked ele- ele- uh, hell- really hard. He, he worked really hard for us. Him and Maka. I thought everyone worked so hard as a team and, and you could tell how hungry they were to win. Um, but Chucks, like fair play to Chucks on, on Thursday, he wasn't down to travel with us. Um, but he come up to me. Uh, we was going to give him an extra couple of days to, to make sure that he's over this little groin problem he had. And he come up to me and said, look, I, I want to be part of this. And, and that's what we need. People that are willing to, to put their body on the line and fight. And, Chuck's done that today. Him and Johnny Williams coming off the bench. Excellent. Like, worked so hard. Chuck's causing problems. Uh, young Albie, like, he's just come back into the frame because he took care of himself when we was on lockdown. He, he worked really hard. He looks so much fitter than what he did when he left. So, um, yeah. Aidan McGeady, the same. So much fitter than the player we got in January. And he looks good, you know. He, he, he's a threat. Whenever you get him the ball in and around the 18, this, he could call something. And of course, from a tactical point of view, with the, the extra subs allowed, um, does, does that give you something different to think about? The way you might go into to try and manage a game when you know you can you can make these extra ones, but you've got to worry about the uh, 
the spells in which you can make them, you can only make them at three separate occasions. Is that sort of another level for you to have to sort of think about? Yeah, it's something that, again, you just have to try and think outside the box at times. Obviously, the bigger the squad and the stronger the squad, the, the more beneficial it is to have them five subs. Um, and I think as the, the way we used them today, it, it worked. Um, Fieldy come on at a good time when we needed a bit of solidarity in the middle of the park uh, because they had the extra man in there all day. And um, Chuck's come on and, and give us a bit more pace up top and his physicality, very strong and powerful boy. And, and Johnny Williams with his little trickery and, and he bought us a couple of fouls when we needed to relieve a bit of pressure. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought Alfie Doherty getting the ball and running and, and creating problems. So, yeah, we, the, the sub's done well. And just finally, before I hand over to Terry, it wouldn't be a Charlton interview, unfortunately, without asking about a couple of injuries. Um, the club said that uh, Andre Green, Lewis Page and Jake Forsikaski had slight niggles. Is there anything to worry about or should they be OK? Um, Jake could be fine. Uh, Page, maybe a week or 10 days. Um, and who was the other one? Uh, oh, Greeny, yeah. Greeny yeah. yeah. will be OK. He's, uh, he's just got a bit of a sore ankle, but he's going to be OK, yeah. Terry, do you want to go next? Yeah, hi, Lee. Hi, Tao. Congratulations, mate, first of all. Uh, superb result. Uh, does it matter who it was against uh, today? I mean, I know in the table it's it's good because we leapfrog Harlan and a few other teams, but it, was it more about just getting the three points, getting a win in this run of nine games? Yeah, the, the, if you break it down to, to nine games, and the most important thing is to keep this this uh, club in a division. That's That's all I'm thinking doesn't matter how you do it, who you play, who you beat, who you don't beat. The most important thing is that you have enough points on the board come the 22nd of July. That's all I care about. So today it was tough and, and at times it wasn't pretty and we had to dig deep and compete and fight for things. And, and, and that's what we've done. So, um, yeah, it doesn't matter how you get the points. The most important thing is that points are on the board and, and we've climbed a couple of places. Do you take any uh, any uh, not advice? Is probably the wrong word, but uh, you've seen some of the games. I'm guessing that, that that have already been played on the telly behind closed doors with no fans, and quite a few of them have been very cagey affairs. Do you take any any lessons from the way they played out into into the way you set your team up today? No, no. I, I have to. What I have had to do is is once we came back from lockdown, is figure out how we can win games with, with the group of players that, that are left over. Um, obviously we had a few that decided to to step away and so then that was like okay so this is what we now have to deal with and, and, and how can we win games with this group the same as what I've always done you know but we've just had to adjust a little bit because of because of people have gone away so um, but yeah the, the, the lads have been a credit you know we've played a formation here today that we haven't played all season and we've worked really hard in the last two weeks. In the beginning, they w was a bit rusty with it. But this week leading up into the game, they've been excellent. Like, really, really good. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased for them to adapt the way they have in, in such mm -hmm. a short space of time. Is in, is They're a credit. Are you saying that, that uh, putting Deji out on the left, uh, which is something that uh, we've not seen before, so... Um, People or supporters watching in would have, uh, would have looked at that and maybe raised a few eyebrows, but what a shift he put in. And not the only one. Everybody did, of course. But uh, I think um, he'll it, it, it'll feel the pain tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, he'll have an headache. He's got a big cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, Deji was, was very good, I think. Um, but yeah, both their wingers are all left-footed. Wilkes and, and, and the other fella that started. So the, they're always going to drive inside, which is Deji's stronger foot. So... That was a big part of why he played there today. Um, and, and I know what he brings me going forward. I remember like Forrest at home, okay, he played right back, but he, he'd give us an outlet, you know. And yeah. uh, Albie would naturally be narrow. as, as a, He wouldn't be an out-and-out -out winger. He would be narrow, so that left the space for Deji, which I know is, is very good. And we, we helped it a bit on Tuesday. And he was excellent. So... Um, so yeah, Deji grabbed that opportunity, and that's that's what happens. Like you, you need people to step up, and and he done that.
you mentioned on Thursday that uh, in the build-up to today, we'd created a lot of chances in the in the, uh, the games we played, uh, and we'd done the same thing again today. Uh, obviously, scored the one, but uh, being the perfectionist you are, will you be going back to them saying that they got to start to trying to convert some more of those chances? Yeah, I said that at half time, and I said that after the game. Like, yeah, of course, I'm going to praise him because we've just got three points um, away from home. But my job is to keep improving them, and, and that's what I will do. I will always push them. Um, I said, if there's any negative, anything negative that I've taken from that is is the the final pass because we got there three, four, five times, um, but we 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 didn't finish them off, and we should have done. Um, so yeah, but the good thing is we're creating chances, you know, um, and we're getting to them areas through good football. So um, that's the most important thing because if you wasn't doing that, then then there's something to worry about. Uh, but it will come, uh, and and you've got to remember that this it's new to them, so they will get better at it, and and they're going to be a bit rusty because it's been a long time away from the game, and such a short time to try and get ready with the ball. So that uh, they will get better in in that final third. I have no doubt. Finally, from me, then we started the season, uh, the nine games we had. I think uh, we won five, drew two. Would you be uh, be looking for uh, for a repeat of that in the final nine? I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that because that keeps us up. So, and that's all I care about is 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 that we're st- still up and, and in the championship next season. Whatever way we do it, that's all I care about. So if you want to give me five wins and two draws, I'll take that, please. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Cullen have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it too. Gets it. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Oh my word! Oh my word! Shelton Live. Welcome back. That was Lee Bay uh, speaking to myself and Terry uh, after yesterday's 1 0 win uh, up at Hull City. Uh, Tom, I mean, uh, clearly he's, he's pleased with, with what he saw. Um, you know, I asked him. I asked him. You know, as a manager, he had to contend with a few different things. Obviously, the lack of crowd and the, the changing in uh, in in your. Uh, sort of routines for the game um, and also obviously added to the fact now he can make up to five subs over the course of three uh, three separate occasions so it's a new tactical dimension that the manager has to think about but I mean he, he seemed to utilize his subs quite well yesterday yeah yeah and, and as you say something that he won't have been used to doing necessarily and it was a difficult one, really, and I heard uh, Terry and Greg talking about it in the commentary as we started to get into that second half. You know, when is he going to make these changes and who's he going to bring on? And there was a lot of talk about more of the defensive players coming on. And, you know, obviously I've got a slight bias towards Johnny Williams, but for me, it was about getting someone like him on as well to stretch the play when we got the ball and try and push them back because you didn't want to invite too much pressure on. And I thought he. He managed that very carefully. Obviously, the likes of Sam Field did come on and Purrington to shore up that defensive side. But then he also brought a couple of attacking players on as well just to ensure that we didn't just sit back too much because we were sitting further and further deep in that second half. So I thought he managed the game really well. And again, it's something that 
we know Bowyer is good at doing. Um, and he, he hasn't really had enough of a bench through most of this season to really, you know, he's had his hands tied behind his back, if you like. But he's got pretty much a full squad now, barring the players who, who obviously weren't there, who, who I don't think we need to talk about. And he, he's got a lot of options. And with that extended bench and with those additional substitutes, you know, we've got a, a good squad there. And to be able to change the, the game like that with people like Anike, like Williams, who can come on and stretch defences, it's just going to really add an extra dimension to our game, which I think mm. gives him, you know, an, an extra card in his hand, if you like. Yeah, and Tom, while I've got you then, so obviously I've, I've already spoken to Ben what it was like having you know, a, a different view of the game, watching it on the, on the laptop, basically. I mean, you've done it before a few times, I guess, if you have a midweek away game, it's possible to do that. But how have you, how, how did you find it? How, did you, did you find it lessened your enjoyment of the game at all? Did you, did you find it harder to get into or did, was it just like business as usual as far as you were concerned? Definitely not harder to get into. Um, for me, I, I was full of nerves all day, which as I say, normally, obviously on a, a home Saturday or on a away game I'm going to, you're either heading to the valley or you're travelling off with your mates to an away game. So you're kind of focusing. But on a Saturday, it's very rare that I'll just be sat here on a Saturday because the reason I wouldn't be going to an away game is because I've got something else going on. So to just be sat here all day waiting for three o'clock was torture. And then when it kicked off and we started nervously, again, the nerves kicked up a bit. But um, yeah, I felt... I was more invested in that game than I usually am on a, a, a game via via Valley Pass. And I think it's partly because I knew how much was riding on the game and partly because I, it's been so long since we saw football. So, nah, no, no less of an experience, a very different one for sure. And I'm sure by the end of this season, I'll be sick of the sight of or the voice of uh, Greg and Tell and ready to be back in the Valley. But for now, it's, it, you know, it's the next best thing. It's what we're all having to consume our football, unfortunately, via TV or, or laptops. And, you know, at least we're able to do that. And obviously the players aren't going to know that. But for me, it, it didn't lessen the experience at all. It was just a, a different way of, of consuming it, I guess. Mm. All right, let's have a look at that league table then, because uh, uh, as pointed out by Jimmy Stone yesterday, imagine how the injustice if we'd gone down on points per game when like 20 minutes into... Uh, into the restart, we've climbed up to 19th in the league table, and that's where we sit now. We uh, leapfrogged uh, Hull, Middlesbrough, and Huddersfield Town uh, after all three teams were beaten uh, yesterday. Uh, Middlesbrough, of course, uh, beaten heavily at home by Swansea, Hull beaten by us. Huddersfield were beaten at home by Wigan, who have uh, picked up where they left off, it would seem, uh, after the restart. I mean, tell we're now one point above the relegation zone. Um, you know, on the same points as Huddersfield, uh, one point above Middlesbrough uh, and Hull City. Um, it's it's easy to get carried away because we've won we've won yesterday and this has always been the case no matter you know, whether it's lockdown or not we've always got carried away after a win um, but we're definitely staying up now aren't we? <laughs> yeah, let's get carried away. Uh, I've got to say that uh, immediately after the game I was extremely tempted to tweet something out or to mention something out about uh, this points per game nonsense uh, and. Uh, the, if I'd have had Howard Wilkinson's address, I'd have probably drove there just to, just to uh, tell him myself. <clears throat> but then I thought, so, well, actually, let's hold on for a couple of weeks <laughs> just to be on the safe side. Yeah. But it does. It <laughs> excuse me. It does make a mockery because um, you know, as we knew beforehand, because if, you know, if they'd have stopped the week before, we wouldn't have been in there. We'd be safe. And now, if they stop it, we'd be safe again. It just it's just that's a nonsense that they even considered it. To be honest. Mm. But do you know what? I think for me, the, the, the few things that uh, that I was thinking about on a drive back, one was just how poor Hull were for a start. I mean, the, the, I know they went into the game, um, you know, when they finished the, uh, before the lockdown, they, they hadn't won a game in 12. So they were obviously on a poor run anyway, but because they got rid of their two best players um, in, in January, they're also losing in the best part of four or five players very shortly as well and their best player that they got left which was uh, was Wilkes isn't it he's going in a couple of games and won't play again so they're, in, they're going to be in real trouble Hull but the other one was um, that, that sort of sneaked up on me a bit when I looked at it so it was Huddersfield when you consider what they did to us up at their place <laughs> uh, before it all stopped it, it, it's just utterly surprising that they're in that position so you know they're going to be they're going to be looking over their shoulder more so than most them and Middlesbrough because you know people perceive them to uh, you know the uh, the general public, I think perceives them to be clubs that shouldn't be anywhere near there. 
uh, especially Huddersfield having just come down from the Prem. So um, I think um, I think they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble. They're, they're, the pressure is going to be much more on them than it is on us. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, ben, do you, do you think the momentum that you pick up from a from a win in the opening day? I mean, you've had the you know, the, the massive build up to the game. Obviously, three months worth of speculation as to whether the football is going to continue, and then and then we know we're coming back, and you go into this game and it's huge, and we get the three points. I mean, do you think that? momentum and uh, could sort of that confidence that we'll gain from that game can hold us in good stead when we come to, to QPR next Saturday? Massively, yes. Massively for me. I was going into the game thinking, obviously, big build-up to the game. We've had a lot of time to prepare for it. And Bowyer hit the nail on the head in the week and he said, look, I, I told you early, the press, I, I wanted to know when I went into training who's going to play for me and who's not. We found that out early and then we had a core group to go with and said, right, this is our aim, let's go. Whereas Hull, I think it was two or three days before, we found out their captain's not going to play, their vice captain's not going to play. Great news for us, disrupts the team. Um, and yeah, it doesn't look good for Hull. They've had a dreadful record since January. Middlesbrough again, they beat us in the last game and that was, well, big mistake we gave them in that game to give them the goal. Um, and then dreadful result for them. What, they're 3-0 down after half an hour. There's other teams now looking down, uh, whereas we are looking up. We've we've come through a, a bad spell. We've revitalised. We've got players back from injury that we didn't think would play again this season, i.e. Sam Field. Uh, hopefully, Jake Forsakowski will play a part as well. But look, we got we got a big squad to play, and it even showed. I mean, we were looking forward to these subs coming on. As, as Tom said, we were looking forward to Johnny Williams coming on, stretching the game. We got Ozuma on the bench to do exactly the same, uh, and Andre Green hopefully as well. I was looking at the team sheet and thinking, oh no, because I think he's been a, a good signing for us. Uh, so yeah, definitely for me, I thought, you know what? As long as we don't lose, especially against a team that's down there with us. As long as we start off with a point away from home or three points, but as yeah, to get three points, massive. Mm. I'll give them a real good cushion going on. And, and look, QPR, they lost yesterday at home to Barnsley who are down there. So they're there for the taking. I think a lot of teams around them won. So reality, they're not fighting for much now. They look like they're mid-table. So they're there for the taking. So hopefully... And now we we can kick on from that result, especially missing a few players as well. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, let's have a look at some of the correspondence that's uh, come in. Uh, Scott Jones uh, tweeted in, Millwall uh, will play such a significant part in deciding who stays up and who goes down. Uh, rarely do they do us a favour. There is a slim chance they could still get it, uh, get into the playoffs. But realistically, they have nothing left to play for except bragging rights uh, in the derby game that we have at the Valley coming up. Yeah, so you look at Millwall uh, still to play Barnsley, ourselves, Middlesbrough, Hull uh, and Huddersfield. Uh, in the running, Tom. Um, I mean, it sounds like they didn't do too well. I was listening to uh, Far Post Radio London podcast on the way home yesterday and heard Gary Rowett speaking and they weren't didn't start off too sharp. Um, so it's not not a nice position to be to have to rely on them for a favour. I'd, I'd rather it's us just getting our work done before the end of the season. Yeah, and as you say, um, they don't very often do us a favour, do they? So, no, I, I wouldn't have want to rely on them, but... As the other guys have said, and I think Bowyer said it yesterday as well, we don't have to rely on them because it's in our own hands now. If we go about our business now, we're out of the relegation zone and we'll be absolutely fine. And yes, it's a big ask to win all our remaining eight games and I'm not necessarily expecting us to do that. But as Benji just said there, I think it's probably too early to start talking about momentum, but the confidence that that win is going to give us after that amount of time away is surely going to bode well for the players. And I think for us, it's about focusing on ourselves. We know that that Millwall game is going to hang over us until it's done, particularly given the record. But there are, even without that, seven other games in there that we're more than capable of getting points for. So I think Bowie is going to be pretty careful at making sure we don't just focus on one game and we don't focus on what anybody else is doing. And we just focus on what we're doing, take it a game at a time and... And I do think we've got enough in that side to be okay. Excellent. So, right, Darren Norton uh, tweeted in saying, relief not to concede in the last few minutes, as we've done on so many uh, occasions this season. Spencer said, we looked solid at the back and created a few chances. Good all-round performance. Matthews and Morgan were very good. Yeah, we haven't really mentioned Adam Matthews, Tell. He uh, 
shoring up on the right-hand side. Obviously, um, he's going to be in demand in that position with, with Chris Solly uh, stepping away from, from the squad. So it was good to see that he sort of picked up where he left off as well before lockdown. Yeah, I said earlier on that uh, Albie Morgan, if he'd have stayed on for the 90, probably would have been my man of the match. But uh, Adam Matthews was my man of the match, without question. I mean, there was a there, there was one particular time in the first half where Wilkes looked like he'd skinned him. Uh, he'd got past him, he seemed to knock the ball past him, and it was by his own mistake as well. Uh, he'd given the ball away, Adam Matthews. For, I think the only time he'd done it the whole game. <clears throat> but um, he got back, he got back, showed his pace, excuse me, and got back. Not only did he get back, he then put the challenge in and came over the ball. I thought it was outstanding yesterday. Excellent stuff. Right, Dom says, quality performance all round. Also hilarious how many fans were eating their words afterwards about Lee Bayer's team selection. Uh, by the way, did anyone notice that Deji Oshelar just switched football boots at halftime? Uh, must have been the reason for his vastly improved uh, second half performance. Uh, did you notice that, Pen? I had to say I didn't notice that. Well, I mean, I, I thought I thought Deji played well yesterday. Um, he had a couple of shaky moments early on, but I mean, he definitely improved as the game went on. And, and as a uh, uh, as Dom said in the second half, he, he he was he was good, and he got he had that dart. Into, he had a couple of darts into the penalty area, and he just uh, that that crossed the first time. If he'd picked out someone there, that that would have been a certain goal. Yeah, I didn't didn't notice the boot change, but. I think he was good in both halves for me. Uh, obviously, see, his Charlton career, we, he's been played in a number of positions. He's been played as centre-back, right-back, sat in front of the back four. I've uh, noticed for a few games when we were pretty light in the midfield. And left-back was another new change for him. And I, I thought he took it really well. And I was quite surprised how well he got forward. Uh, put a few good balls across. Um, of course, he's going to get caught out a few times. I'm sure he'll tell you left back's not his position. But yeah, uh, likewise with with the rest of the guys, 100% effort he put in, and um, yeah, I thought he, he dealt well with playing the left back. Good stuff, right? Matt says a good overall performance. Easily Hemed's best performance. Bond perhaps a little bit rusty though. Have a feeling that some players such as Albie Morgan are definitely playing for new deals, and that ultimately could help us stay up. Uh, 19 CFC 5 says, just want to say, what a shift by Hemed yesterday. He looked like a new signing. Defo, his best performance in a Charlton shirt. Luke says, I thought we looked really solid defensively yesterday. Hull didn't really look like scoring. I thought the standout performers were Morgan and Matthews. Matthews is definitely our most underrated player. He doesn't get enough credit. I mean, I mean, t- t- I mean uh, Luke uh, t- mentions there that Hull didn't really look at it. And we have sort of talked about they've lost these players. And I mean, I, I said, you know, in, in the build up to the game that you know, surely that the form that they were showing goes out the window. But you do have to take into account the fact that form has come since they lost those those two players. And as you said, they've now lost three or four more. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be really up against it to stay up here. It's, it's you know, you say that, uh, you know, they say form goes, doesn't, form goes out the window, and to a certain extent, I'd agree with that. But when you put yourself in the position that holds in and, and what's happened to them, uh, then then you've got to take it into account because it's really, it, it really did affect them. I mean, the, the first, um, actually, probably the whole game, but certainly the first half hour, they were putting crosses, were sailing over everybody's head. They, they just didn't seem to get anything right, and that's down to, um, not trusting yourself, I guess, and that's down to confidence. And I think, I think it showed yesterday. There were there were a couple of half chances, but nothing really that that uh, that should should worry Dylan Phillips and didn't. Uh, and yeah, of course, towards the end, you're always panicking a little bit when they brought um, you know <laughs> they brought somebody who I think he's scored three goals, isn't he, Josh? Uh, yeah, them, three goals, uh, and he didn't. Yeah, and he didn't score many for us. So you think, well, you know, he's not going to cause us too many problems. But ex-player syndrome, you think he's nailed on to score back a cup, back a against us. But and and he put a shift in. He, you know, you can see he was working hard, but it, it, there just wasn't that threat. It just yeah. didn't happen. And uh, and I wouldn't say comfortable, but um, I, I, Benji said it earlier, and, and Tom said it. I didn't really feel that they threatened us at all. Yeah, well, Josh McGuinness was a twenty-goal striker for us, although it did take two seasons rather than one. Um, but yeah, he did, did get twenty. Uh, right, Smithy talking about Hemed said he was Yan-like almost, or potentially maybe not. He was good though. Uh, Chris Worsley says uh, we are so lucky to have Bayer in charge. He started at least four players that most fans would never have. Uh, if we had left with nothing, he would have faced a lot of criticism. It was a masterclass. I just hope he gets the backing he deserves or fear he will have taken us as far as he can. Uh, John Rees says that 
It was uh, Hemed De Bruyne yesterday. I guess he's talking about that uh, that raking crossfield pass we saw. Cassidy says Hemed feels like a new signing, and McGeady finally showed some moments of class that we know he has. Excited to see more from both. I still feel that Dylan will be the key uh, to keeping us up. Scoring is important, keeping them out at the other end. Uh, more so football uh, is finally back Adam got in contact with us and said thoughts on the whole game surprised how fit we look compared to Hull either they were very off or we have been training well rotation will be important and it's reassuring that even with the three missing we have a fairly decent squad Uh, no injuries and we will survive and Lawrence says amazing result yesterday we defended and gave plenty of heart attacks Uh, but never looked uncomfortable. I am glad we won, but we need to be able to put what chances we have away. Standout performances were Cullen, Morgan and Hemed, and EK looked very good too. Uh, Thanks to Terry and Greg uh, for my first Valley Pass game. Uh, Comms were awesome, and I will be subscribing for next season. There you go, Terry. That's one one thing, the good thing that comes out of this. It's like a nine-game advert for Valley Pass for people who normally go to games, I guess. Yeah, he says that now, but like Thomas said earlier, they were sick of the, sick of the sound of me by uh, giving give yeah. two or three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't seen you for three months, but by half time, I was like, for God's sake, you again. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, blame you. Yeah, no, right, excellent stuff. Right, um, I'm ne- nearly time to sign off for this week. Uh, obviously, we'll be back on uh, Thursday. Um, it's sort of, sort of like in any other business part of it. Um, was one, one thing, I mean, obviously, Ben, the new owner, was there yesterday. Um Obviously, uh, still uh, deeply suspicious about what he's doing there, but he was there yesterday. Um, what, what have you made of it so far? We're still waiting for any any sense of uh, indication that he's going to be passed by the EFL. Uh, Peter Varney still seems to be in conversation with him. Um, do you read too much into him turning up, or do you think he's just keeping up appearances a little bit by by being at the the KCOM yesterday? Um, bit of the unknown, really. Yeah, I saw him at the bottom of the stream, right towards the end. The camera, obviously, you wouldn't have seen it, but the camera panned to the back of the stand. And I saw him, like, really fist pumping in the air, turning around to Chris and Sue Parks and saying, well, we've done it kind of thing. Um, so he showed a lot of passion. But, yes, very much the unknown at the moment. Um, obviously, he was down at the training ground in the week, chatting to Boya and, and some of the players. Um, so look, at least he's showing a face. I can't can't knock the guy because we don't we don't really know what's happening at the moment. But look, it was good to see him at the game yesterday. If he is going to be a regular face around the place, we we don't know yet. We're hearing different things on Twitter from Varney and stuff like that, so we're just not sure. But look, if he wasn't there, I'm sure people would have moaned that look, where was he kind of thing. So. He was there, he showed some passion, and that's what we want to see. Yeah, but yeah, like I say, I'm really not going to read too much into it. The fact he uh, he showed up, I think he's Manchester-based as well, so only a, a short hop for him. But yeah, interesting to see if anything's going to change uh, in that respect over the course of the next few weeks. Right, I think we're going to call it a day here. Um, apologies, like I say, that we couldn't go out live uh, at some point. Hopefully I'll get it sorted, but... Uh, I really don't know how to do that, so I'm going to try and get in contact with our guy. Um, but yeah, thanks to all of you uh, who listened and who got involved uh, with this evening's show at short notice. Thank you to Terry, to Ben, and for Tom for joining us here. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Louis. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers to uh, Lee Bowie, of course, for speaking uh, with us after the game yesterday and for therefore getting to come on the pod. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, well done to the lads for picking up a massive three points yesterday. We look forward. We'll be back here on Thursday uh, to do a big match preview ahead of next Saturday's home game uh, with QPR. But we'll sign off for now. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.